Are you ready? Three. <laughs> Wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to try to help. The only way we know how, by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness, because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsor this week, Native. Native brings the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games in their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, the spell with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who's living that beach life, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Yes, I am. I, I tried to squeeze in a beach vacay. That's why the there's no video of this episode. You know what? I'm making it work. I whatever we're here we're doing it it's e3 it's summer 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 time so we're making it all time we're making it all happen yeah and and we got oh man it, it we're gonna do some e3 predictions this week we got news it's it's already happening the hype train is pulling into the station the summer get it's all happening and you know what we had to pull out the big guns we had to get one of our favorite guests for this episode. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because once again, DLC stands for Die, Live, Continue. Because from Spawn on Me and, my goodness, a whole bunch of other things lately, Mr. Khalif Adams is back with us. Hey, Khalif! What up, boys? What the deal be? I hope you're all doing well. I'm so excited to rock with you. DLC this week stands for drinking a lot of coladas. <laughs> and I hope that's what you are doing, Christian, out on the beach, making it happen, toes in the sand, Look, there's wind no in your video hair. This week, we're, everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do I was going to do a big uh, uh, I was going to rub your face in the fact that there's no more. Uh, your Lakers are out. The Lakers are out. It's hard to beat teams in the playoffs when your main star player is hobbled and can't drive, can't seemingly cross the three-point line without his ankle hurting, and one of the best in the game can't play. Yeah, they did not look good. They did not yeah. look good. Yeah. Anthony Davis running across to the, to the three-point line with a, he needed a downloadable crotch because that's the <laughs> muscle was hurt. <laughs> turns out, yeah, turns out you have to actually be able to move physically to play basketball. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. I mean, not me on uh, Wednesdays when I try to play with my friends. You know, I'm still out there. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, for the first time in years, there's, it's like actually kind of interesting to see who's going to be in the finals, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Harden got Harden got hurt. Also, I hope he. Can, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like the Nets will win it, but like Kyrie, Harden, and Durant will all be hurt in the finals, but they'll still win. You know, <laughs> be something. Yeah. Just... <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> all right. Well, we got we got video games to to talk about, and we got some big news to get to. So let's start the show the way we always do: the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. 
Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We also have a subreddit you can visit. It has a cool group of folks hanging out, posting stories, posting comments about this show, all kinds of cool stuff over at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Also, a Discord that is lively, active, and fun. That is 5x5DLC on the old Discord as well. But Khalif, you're our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Ooh, so on the docket, I see you have shared the conversation about God of War Ragnarok being delayed to 2022. Yes. Uh, and the scuttlebutt that wind up happening around Sony uh, because PlayStation Studios Head Herman Hulst had a fantastic interview that he got to talk about on the PS blog about the game not only being pushed back to 2022, but also revealing that the game will also now be cross-gen, which I thought was pretty interesting to reveal at this moment, <laughs> at this point of the yeah. PS5 lifecycle, uh, when a lot of the conversation was about that game just solely being on the PlayStation 5. Um I, 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 it it is an interesting interesting story for many many reasons. Uh, I can see by the look on my Twitter timeline that people are still mad at me uh, for saying a couple of days ago that this is not an actual problem and that people should be okay with this. Hmm. Um, but but I but I would love to hear your thoughts both of both of your thoughts about you know where you think this is kind of uh, putting Sony moving into E three in one of the biggest kind of weeks uh, uh, coming up for games. Yes, uh, very interesting. As you mentioned, this uh, interview with Herman Holtz, who I must say is one of the very few people in the world who has been delivered a cake personally by both Christian and myself. I did not know this. Yes, we we handed him faces on it. We handed him a cake with our faces on it uh, at E3 uh, when uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, when he he was still just head of Guerrilla Games and uh, before he had been ascended to the upper echelons of sony uh and uh, we presented his game with the sweetest award at e3 which of course was an actual cake that we had printed with our faces on it we, uh, we ate cake with them we cut yeah, that cake we, they invited us cake. to sit down yeah yeah, yeah we had we, we brought paper plates and paper uh, plastic forks and knives and we all had cake at e3 in celebration of horizon zero dawn so now i know what to do going forward <laughs> that's right that's right you know some people just put little uh you know a little uh cardboard like stickies yeah, yeah a little stick yeah. no no we we deliver cakes to people at least we used to back when e3 was a thing you went to yeah uh, anyway that's beside the point i don't want to <laughs> derail the topic about giving cake to herman Hulse, but it, this is a fascinating interview um it's here's a quote that he said in the interview uh Mm -hmm. you can't build a community of over 110 million ps4 owners and then just walk away from it uh quote it makes sense to develop a title for both ps4 and ps5 uh and where it makes sense to develop a title for both of the systems for horizon forbidden west the next god of war gt7 will continue looking at that. And if PS4 owners want to play that game, then they can. If they want to go on and play the PS5 version, that game will be there for them. <laughs> so yes, this caused a, a minor uh, dust-up. I think the assumption being that if it's not made specifically for the PS5, it's not utilizing the PS5. I think 
I'm I'm kind of on your side on this one, uh, Khalif, in the sense that if you look at that footage from for, uh, Forbidden West, what else are you hoping for? You know what I mean? It's it's like you're not looking at well, that sure is an ugly game, that, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, the the thing that the thing that has driven me crazy over the past couple of days after that whole kerfuffle wind up happening is. And another understanding that many, many folks in the community just don't know how game development works. Right. And also have no clue about what's actually happening outside of games that is affecting games in a real way. The 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 biggest argument that I would have, and again, the the the, the sentiment that you shared about the idea that you are kind of dumbing down the PS5 version by making a PS4 version. It's not like you're going to be porting a PS4 version to a PS5 console. Right. That's not the way that works. If anything, you do that in reverse. And second of all, if you're listening at home and you're one of the folks who are upset by this whole potential thing, here are two things that you should know. One, there's a silicon shortage in and across the world. It's the reason why CPUs, GPUs, all of those things besides, you know, uh, folks kind of snatching them up in the bot lane uh, we were talking about, yeah. uh, you know, things cryptos. in terms of in terms of cryptos. Yeah, um, silicon in, in general is 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 in a, a in a in a really bad spot, and since that's the case, that has going to affect that is going to affect the way that consoles are being made. So that is a major issue that with our or already having scarcity in the space with PF, PS5s being hard to find, they're not making as many PS5s as they were making PS4s at the same time. Yes, there may be more in the channel right now, but they are having a hard time just making the things for you to purchase anyway. So that idea of, well, there's more of them that were in the space before than there are now, or now than they were before, that argument just doesn't fly because it doesn't speak to what's actually happening right now. Right. Um, so I want everybody to kind of like take the chill pill, drink it down with a big old glass of water. Yeah. And then figure that part out because this is just not the same. We just don't live in the same time that we did when the PS4 dropped. And you make another good point about the fact that very few people understand how game development works. You know, this game may be coming out a year after PlayStation 5 launches, but it's been in development for multiple years before PlayStation 5 launched and was therefore being made on old hardware with uh, legacy engines and stuff... I think the thing that I texted Christian right after this news hit is I really think that this points to the fact that because something like Unreal Engine 5 isn't available yet, Mm -hmm. we aren't even really seeing what this console generation is capable of. Not even close. Right. So even as gorgeous as Horizon Forbidden West is, it is still not even remotely close to what we're going to get in the next three, four, five years when Unreal Engine 5 is released and the the developers have these tools that are built for the current gen hardware and start projects on that engine, in that engine. Um, I think you're going to see it go be more beautiful, more more, uh, amazing in a number of ways, right? Not just visually, but in a number of ways. And I'm excited for that. But also, having said that, you look at the presentation that they gave us of the gameplay footage from Forbidden West. Does anybody go, if you didn't know that it was also going to be available for PlayStation 4, no one would have said peep about no. it, right? They would have been like, that's an amazing PlayStation 5 game, right? That if they, The fact that it can be 
any semblance of that on PlayStation 4 is pretty incredible, I think. So it, it's, a, it's, it's just about perception. It's really just about the way people perceive it. And which brings me to my next point, which is what I want to ask you, Christian Spicer. I think Xbox and Phil Spencer got a bit of heat when they straight up said there's not going to be any Xbox series exclusives for the first year at least. And people are like, what? Including us. I'm totally guilty of being one of those people that went, what? Because it sounded like a crazy way to launch a console. But it turned out Sony was doing the exact same thing. They just weren't really upfront about it. I mean, I guess you got Ratchet and Clank as being and Returnal as being notable exceptions, right? But sure. the gist of it is pretty close. They were basically doing the same things. And it's different messaging. And Christian, my question to you is, do you think it's better... In hindsight now, do you think it's better to have Xbox just been upfront about it and say this is the way it's going to be or this kind of trickle out, which seems to have uh, frustrated a number of people, as Khalif has outlined? Yeah, I think um, Khalif makes some great points about how the world has changed. I don't know if this was Sony's plan. I know, Jeff, you said that these games have been in development and probably in development on, you know, with some older engines in mind, and it's not as if... Uh, we've heard that Horizon is running on an entirely new engine than what they were running before. But I think messaging is a big part of it. And I think a lot of the reason why people are upset is because you had things like, I think it was Mark Cerny's conference or, or talk when the PS5 was first unveiled. And there were quotes along the line of like, we believe in generations. Like that's so right. world. Yes. We believe in yeah. words. We believe in console generations. And then I think it was Mark Cerny's presentation saying what the SSD can do and how games that utilize this, the PlayStation 5 fully, um, you know, was never possible before. All this stuff you couldn't do before is now finally possible. And what developers are going to be able to unlock with this console. So a lot of that is marketing speak, but it was presented, I think it might have, I forget who had the first presentation about it, but it was presented as kind of like a data dump, not as a flashy you know, flash pots going off lasers everywhere presentation. And so you get all this information and then you hear that these two big exclusive Sony games by their words, aren't going to be using that stuff. I think it's disappointing. I, and again, I think the games will be great, but it's balancing that messaging with the reality. I think it's very fair to be disappointed. I do not think it's fair to harass devs online or anything along those lines. But I think it's fair to be like, oh, bummer. I was hoping for something that wasn't possible before. Now it appears that, or now my assumption is I'm going to be getting more of the same, which is still great. And then the last thing that I want to bring up that I think is interesting in this same interview where, let's be honest, these leads were clearly buried. (laughs) This was not the headline that they tried to put out on, on the blog. But the other part of it was still, but we do believe in those uh, generational exclusive experiences like Returnal and Ratchet and Clank. And it very much felt like a cake and eat it too. It's like, why is, I know Ratchet, you know, they so built to these, speak. yes, they, they built these rifts. <laughs> we know that of, Hulst likes to have his cake and eat it too. <laughs> we got proof. We were right there in the room when he did it. We also like to eat that cake. Um, we like to eat it too. So, you know, like it, it just feels weird. Like why? Returnal is, but this isn't Ratchet. Like, could it have been possible to fake these riffs? Like, how that one gets approved and this doesn't? I, I think I texted you this, Jeff, and I'm curious your kind of thoughts on it. I, I speculate or wonder 
if God of War and Horizon have much bigger costs associated with them, and they need to make more money than Returnal or Ratchet do to be viewed as a success. Therefore, they need to be on the PlayStation 4. Or another way of saying that is they have higher potential. I mean, you can frame it like, oh, they need to make this more money, or they can go, I think there's a lot of people in that 110 million install base that can't get PlayStation 5s or haven't yet or won't that will still buy these games. And maybe, you know, as great as Returnal and Ratchet, you know, Returnal is and Ratchet looks to be, it might not be the four quadrant kind of, you know, home runs that they're looking at with these two real big marquee games. Um, Or, or, I mean, or even version three of that is that, again, the world changed. A pandemic happened, the silicon shortage happened, and you had to readjust what you were going to be able to do. I don't think that, you know, when Cerny and the rest of the crew and Herman were, were kind of looking at this from the top down, like, we want to screw over our fan base by not giving them the thing that they wanted. Um, like I've seen that argument of like, well, they lied to us and this thing. And I was like, well, you got to understand too, again, like as a business, it makes more sense for you to make this move right now at this point, because like what you said, Jeff, if I can't get you the newest thing and you already have a thing that can play something that I can give you a good game on that does nothing but bolster the coffers until we get more games and systems into the channel. Yeah. It just gives people the ability to actually do that thing. The weirdest thing that I've seen in terms of this conversation is weird gatekeeping within the same Sony ecosystem by fans of other fans, which is super wild where it's like PlayStation folks are like all of you other folks where that I was with about six months ago in the same boat, you are all now plebeians and now you must go eat cake somewhere else (laughs) and we can no longer rock with you because we are now in the PlayStation five boat and you are now still paddling in the PlayStation four boat, which is super weird. Yeah. Where you, you're used yeah. to, I'm used to seeing that across companies and saying, well, oh, we don't want Microsoft, we don't want PlayStation games on Microsoft consoles. But now it's even happening intergenerationally across <laughs> gen. Yeah. Now where people I are like, I paid my oh, money. You- I want my exclusive VIP status. Well, it's I, wild. I, I don't think and it's, it's that, weird, though. I, I think it's they want that next gen, right? They want that but what the wasn't. Thing is, but they have it. The thing that's crazy it. to me is that. If if they showed the exact same footage they showed with with Forbidden West and said only possible on PlayStation Five, everybody be like, "See, this is why we need PlayStation Five exclusives." It, the 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 actual substance of what's shown has no relation to this argument. It is only in this perception of oh, it's also possible on the old system. Then well, it must not be that good. But it won't I be. I, I don't think that's fair though, Jeff. I, I think because I think they would have shown stuff then that was only pops because that was very much shown of of Ratchet and Clank, very upfront. It was the interdimensional stuff and talking about what the SSD provides. And so again, I'm not saying that either of these games are going to be bad or suffer from them. And, sure. and to some extent, they did say what they showed is only possible on the PlayStation 5 because they've since talked right. about the lighting rig that they use and all that stuff in the water, right. and the way that stuff works. So It I, may look very different on PlayStation 4 for all we know. Yes. yes. So, But I, I think the thing is they're not talking about those features because those features that would only then be possible on PlayStation 5 with the SSD and stuff like that aren't prevalent in the game. But to Khalif's point, I, I do think 
I agree wholeheartedly that I do not think Mark was out there lying. You know, it was not their intent <laughs> to like say all this stuff and then lie. I think the world changed. I think plans changed. And I think it's very smart of Sony to get ahead of this now the way they did. Because this was not a, and Horizon's out tomorrow. And God of War's out tomorrow also on PS4. Like they have lead time, you know, between mm-hmm. this announcement and us learning more about these games. So I, I think they're handling this pretty dang well, all things considered. I know I've kind of said I agree with people being upset. And I don't think upset is the right word I want to use. I agree with people's disappointment, but I think Sony is handling it pretty well because we have time to uh, reconcile, you know, and adjust. Right. But also, you know, Sony has been working hand in hand with uh, the development of the Unreal Engine 5, right? And have Unreal Engine 5 debuted, uh, showing it on supposedly PlayStation 5 hardware, et cetera. And that engine is only just now barely getting into the hands of developers right it is still as i understand it's still in beta it is not even fully so these games weren't even able to even as as unified and integrated as unreal engine 5 has been with the playstation 5 platform or want to be even if they wanted to have built god of war on that engine they couldn't Right. It, it's, it wasn't ready yet. So the idea that even the tools were available to make something that is going to be what I think will be the de facto for what this generation, what we can expect from this generation, uh, is ju- it's just impossible. Right. So uh, part of me thinks that a lot of it has to do with that. These games just started being made before the tools that were going to squeeze the power out of these systems were ready. And what we're going to see is in, you know, two to three years as games that are being built on Unreal Engine 5 and similar new engines uh, are going to look markedly different. And, and everyone at the end of the day will be able to hopefully purchase one of those systems, those <laughs> next-gen systems, yes. when they're out. And that will be a thing that will, you know, right. squash a lot of this beef. But also, again, if you bought your PS5, you are going to be in a space that whenever any game of this type comes out, you will be able to play it in its kind of best, most prettiest form in that space. And everybody else who's still waiting to purchase theirs and and still rocking a PS4, at some point you'll be able to do that too. And the other thing that seems like it would have been unacceptable to this audience is for the new console generation to have been delayed, right? People want these games to squeeze every ounce of power out of the new systems, but they also want the systems to be coming out you know it was like it's been too long we got to have these new systems we got to have these new systems and i feel like well if the system hadn't come out until there was a game or you know until these tools were ready and there were games that were being made that were utilizing these tools we would have been looking at another year to two year delay on just the hardware being released and then you would have had people crying foul as well so i i really don't know i mean right now these systems get you nice little extra stuff, you know, faster load times and ray tracing. And that's kind of what we knew when they launched, right? I mean, I I don't know how many people looked at Miles Morales and went, well, that looks like an old gen game on my PlayStation 5, you know? (laughs) No one said that. Yeah. No one did that. So I I guess I understand where you're coming from, Christian, about being a little disappointed, but also it just feels, it feels detached from the actual substance of the, of the, 
complaint, right? It's not, it's just the knowledge that they could make it on the other system is somehow offensive <laughs> rather than what is actually in front of your eyes. Yeah, you know? because they were literally told what we can do with this system has never been possible before. Like, I feel like that's the part you're leaving out is, and again, I don't think it was malicious. I don't think Sony was lying when they talked about that. But I think the part you're leaving out is where they said, we believe in console generations. They kind of nananananiboo-booed Microsoft and then said, (laughs) all of this awesome stuff is only possible on the PlayStation 5. Be excited. And then everybody got excited. And then they said, well, don't be too excited. (laughs) But they didn't say, you know, the next God of War is only possible on the PlayStation. I mean, I think Khalif has made the point numerous times that a lot of the stuff we're going to see is only possible, you know, like... Miles Morales, let's use Miles Morales as an example. Miles Morales, when you see it on a PlayStation 5, is only possible on a PlayStation 5. Wait, is that Cleef's right? point? Well, I, th- I, I, I think that's it. what if he's saying. If it's your point, you- I, I don't agree. But if it's Cleef's, then I <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what, you know, the, the point is that there is stuff. It's not that the game itself is impossible on an older console. It's that the game looking like it does and able to load as fast and et cetera, et cetera, isn't possible on the old. Yeah, you'll, yeah. you'll lose features on the on the on the previous gen and the, on the newest gen version. You'll have all the bells and whistles. It's it's yeah. It's it's a much easier argument when you just look at it and say, look, if you got the cool thing that's new, you're going to be fine. If you don't have the cool new thing, you'll still be fine. And you'll be, have to wait a little bit longer to see all the cool stuff. And it's weird. Yeah. It's just it's a very weird uh, argument that people have kind of come up with to kind of justify their anger in a way that doesn't make sense to me. And as both of these boxes are, you know, have been now for a couple generations, x86 architecture. It is, I find it odd. I don't want to say it is. I'm not going to project that way. I find it odd that you don't hear these same complaints uh, when it comes to GPUs. Rarely is it like, oh, what? Doom Eternal still runs on a 1080? Oh, I hate <laughs> it. It's a vestige of an older time, right? That's, that's not how PCs operated. But when you went from 8-bit to 16-bit or you know, 16 bit to 32 or whatever it was, it was always these systems operate in a fundamentally different way. There's no forward compatibility. There's no backward compatibility. So the engines don't talk to each other. PlayStation three is like the last vestige of that. Like you want a PlayStation three game, go get the disc because you're not getting it. It's a, it's a vestige of an older paradigm. And I think a lot of people are just used to consoles working that way where it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, the new console does things. The old one can't. And the old one, and you know never the twain shall meet and it's just not how it's going to work anymore really quick because i know we're i know we're going to pivot off this in a second but i think and this is the question i would ask both of you is do you think we'd have do you think this argument would still be here if the playstation 5 had full backwards compatibility in it in the sense that like you already have the box and it would play the playstation it would play the playstation 4 version or the playstation 5 version of it because that purchase that you bought of that new box is the thing that people are like, well, oh, I bought this new box and I spent so much money for it. Right. And now I'm thinking that I'm leaving that older ecosystem to go to this new, newer ecosystem. And I'm right. leaving all the vestiges of all that stuff behind. I think in terms of what we see when we come to the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S, where if there was that kind of smart delivery system that you see on that system on the PlayStation 5, yeah. I think a lot of this argument goes away for people because you know, you'll you'll you know, you'll have the box that you wanted and also that those games that were on there that were uh, you know, potentially not going to be necessarily there, you would have been able to get that one thing on your older machine and then when you moved up, 
it would just yeah. automatically kind of move over. Um, right. Well, I think I think that it's it's interesting you bring that up, and I that's kind of how I was trying to frame it uh, originally to Christian as well. Is in a in a in a sense, Xbox was just more honest about this mm-hmm. from the start, and I think it at, from a messaging standpoint didn't really help them because it made the system seem inessential or unessential, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Sony was messaging to everyone that the new system is essential. And mm. it turns out, at least in the short term, it's kind of not. Mm-hmm. And so I think Xbox kind of took a hit for being a little more upfront with its audience and saying, hey, no, you can play everything we're putting out on everything and you're going to get nicer stuff on the new stuff, but it doesn't really work like this anymore. And in fact, we're doing this smart delivery thing to make that super simple for you. And the system figures it out and handles it on its own. And it, you know, it's super user friendly and customer friendly. And yet Sony is like, no, you need the new box dog. (laughs) And everybody's like, yeah, I need that new box. You know? Uh And I feel like that's what, where there's this Delta uh, of PlayStation five sales is because of that sentiment. It's almost, you know, it's a little more dishonest and a little, and and worked for them, frankly. This is kind of, I guess, where I side with Christian a bit is that, it, you know, I guess they created that expectation and profited from it because people were like, got to get that new box dog. And well, I don't Microsoft think was, was like over here going, we, we, we didn't have any of the boxes. They all work. It's fine. I you don't know? think it was dishonesty. I truly don't. I do not think that Sony was trying to to lie about that stuff. I, I agree with Leaf. I think the times, the world changed and and games changed but jeff i do like how xbox is jerry seinfeld so i would like to continue that please keep going oh, I'm, I'm just trying to give you a series x people who are you people <laughs> all right uh christian spicer what is your story of the week so i don't know if you all saw but god of war has been delayed um and that is <laughs> my story speaking of the silicon uh every game's delayed every game's chalk delayed. one up to me uh, speaking of the silicon uh shortage um i haven't heard anything about a new silicon knights game in a long time so I to... <laughs> um in the midst of this silicon shortage and as i and i think probably almost every episode i know i did last episode sung the praises of nvidia and the things they do and how i truly think they push the industry forward in, in huge ways that they don't always get the recognition they deserve because they don't make a box you know a, an entire box that they send you but while all of this is happening, they have announced new GPUs. So Throw while- your 3080 in the trash, Christian! <laughs> Get it out of <laughs> my house. Did you want did, oh oh were you on the website clicking to try to get a 3080? No, guess what? It's garbage now. Throw it <laughs> in the trash. And I did. I took mine out and threw it away. And I'm just going to wait until I can get the the, the new one because I don't want that old one in. There. You know, I, I need yeah. Doom Eternal yesterday, only runs on the new yesterday, one. Yesterday, people would, would trample their friends, sell their dogs on eBay for a chance to get a 3080. Today, it is garbage <laughs> that is not worth putting in your computer. Trash. Yeah. It, yeah. So what they announced, well, there's two things, I guess, here. One, they announced two new GPUs. Two, um, NVIDIA, I mean this sincerely. I love you. But it is TI. It's not T. I, 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 I can't. I can't. A 3080 <laughs> T? I've been saying, I can't. Have I? It's a TI. Because the, the I is uh, lowercase. You don't, you don't, the I is silent. 
The eye is silent. No one yeah, said no one said T before, right? No one. You didn't have a a twenty eighty T, Jeff, right? No, I didn't. Nope. No. But I, also, uh, there wasn't a pronunciation guide when I bought it. That's I true. wish there had been. <laughs> Let's go back to supers. Let's make them supers. So what they Ooh. announced is the thirty eighty T and the thirty seventy T. And announced at Computex, at Computex, which is, I guess, something that still happens every year. It still <laughs> happens. Yeah, it's their big Computex st- is like – it makes me think of like 1991. Computex, you know? It, re- it reminds like me of, Halt, debut. of Halt and Catch Fire. Like I know what that yeah. isn't in Halt and Catch Fire, but like Computex – apologies, Computex – is such a generic sound. It's like computer so good. tech stuff. It's like yeah. here it is. And I'm like, oh, it's Halt and Catch Fire. Um, the 3080T – is essentially, for all intents and purposes, a 3090, um, but a little cheaper, but still very expensive. And then the 3070T is pretty much a 3070, but it has uh, GDDR6X um, nice. rather than GDDR6, which is yeah, you better. gotta have that X in there, bro. You got if you have if you don't have an X in your GDDR6, then just throw it in the garbage. Well, you know, the X makes it dirty. Rest in peace. <laughs> X gonna give it to you. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's where yes. we are. So they are expensive. The 3080. I, I hate to say this part. It was available June 3rd. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it, wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't available. It technically people killed their grandmas on June 3rd as they trampled them. And it was yeah. $1,199. No, it's not. That's what its MSRP is. And the 3070 is $600. 3070 seems like it has a, a you know a, a nice price, but I am old. Jeff, you are old. <laughs> Khalif, you are old. Yeah. I remember when a good GPU would I remember when I could tell friends to get a gaming PC because it was cheaper than buying a console. Mm. I cannot. Mm. Was that that ever happened? Well, in I don't terms think of like happened. it will last you longer. The games are just like you take a little hit up front, but mm. you were able to get to that but pretty soon. Uh, now it's like I know you can't find them either, but a PlayStation Five and an Xbox Series X, what a value compared to some of these prices. I feel like it's always been the case that console, at least, at least in the, uh, you know, since the first Xbox came out, it was always the case where the a console, because these manufacturers were taking a big hit on the upfront cost because they got all that sweet, sweet licensing deals and all the mm-hmm. software. There was always like, well, they, they're sticking hardware in it that you could never, you, you know, you can't get right now. It's in two years, you'd be able to put that in your PC for the same price, but not right now. Uh, but, you know, whatever. I, the thing that, I think this is cool. I love, like I said, like you said, I also uh, love NVIDIA and I have a 3080 and I'm very happy with it. Um, you it, are? It, it seems... You mean your garbage has a 3080. Your garbage well, I was happy best. with it yesterday before I found out this news. <laughs> now, I, now I'm setting it on fire later. Your garbage is ray traced now though and it looks really good. <laughs> but uh, it, it does seem weird to release new hardware in this environment where no one can even get the old hardware that you release. Like, what are we even doing here? Right. It's the idea that you're going to put a press release out and say available on is it's just laughable. It's like, it's not going to be available to anyone. And you're the, the cars that these are replacing aren't even available. We can't get anything, you know, (laughs) it is the wildest thing. On the planet, and I know I'm not supposed to say this out loud because I work at Intel, 
But man, consoles are such a great, <laughs> great deal <laughs> if you want to get into the space to actually do that work. Yeah. The, the one thing I am sad about seeing this kind of new news about GPUs kind of coming out into the world is that we've automatically, and it was just, you know, two years ago when the hot word on the street was teraflops. I didn't hear any teraflop conversations happen. You're right. Any of this stuff where that used to be the hottest term on we've the just, block. We've dropped teraflop. Teleflops have flopped. They I don't flopped. understand it. They flopped. The You're block right. is flopped. The block is flopped, flop, flop. It's gone. <laughs> What is, uh, the, but, what is the new what's the new uh, benchmark now? Is it it's the it's the RAM? How fast the RAM is? I mean, it's more about, about the RAM. I mean, it's it's well, it was always the the CUDA cores is yeah. is the thing yeah. that was the thing that you know people were like, how many twenty tensor cores? All the, yeah. all the cores. I just want to see. Also, I'm sad that Jensen didn't pull another card out of his out of his oven. Uh, like <laughs> right. we saw the last time. You know, I guess you only you don't do that at Copy Texas. Copy Texas kind of. Kind of kind of weak sauce in terms of that. They don't bring out the big guns for the oven for the oven reveals on Computex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is again. It is it is a very weird time for for technology in this way. Um, and I also I also just worry about what we're doing in terms of we're not letting anything cook anymore. We're just letting everything kind of just like you put a thing out, and then another six months after that, you put another thing out. Another year, yeah. you put another thing out. And I just don't know if that part is sustainable or if it's even reasonable, because again, like I, I'm currently on a, uh, you know, my gaming rig is on a 3080, uh, a 3080 that's working fine and doing well. And you, no, I, will, it's, it's I can play Sorry. every, I mean, it's garbage. My, my ray tracing is like ray traced garbage now. Yeah. Trash reflections, hashtag. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, reflections. but it's one of those things where the, like I'm, I'm playing everything that I possibly can at this point. Where they're ba- and here's the awesome, awesome part about where we're at actually is the thing I like about NVIDIA is the fact that when they do make these upgrades, they also are putting in technology like DLSS, yeah, and revamping that so that you also are kind of not getting the full benefit of your card because this the software uh, component of all of this is helping you run your game in a much easier, less stressful way on your machine, yeah, so that you have that backup power just from the kind of physical components of it. Which makes you think again, do I need that layer of tech to get to the space that I need to when I'm gaming at ultra, at 4K, all that kind of stuff already? Um, it feels like they're trying to future-proof themselves for 8K, I, I which, wish, which will be there at a, at a point, but we're not there yet. I wish in, games in had a setting, and, and maybe through like the GeForce experience, you, know, you could yeah. click on this. Because you mentioned like at ultra. I wish they just had a yeah. setting that was like, bro, it's great. Like, <laughs> you know, that's what like, consoles are. It looks so yeah, just describe consoles. Dude, look at it. That's all it says. It's like, dude, look yeah. at it. It looks so good. Like, stop, stop your worry. Yeah. <laughs> you know me and my techno lust. I, I, I heard the the T came out, and I was like, I want that T. But the, the truth is, the difference between the thirty eighty and the thirty eighty T is so. By the time you're gonna need that bump there's going to be something else they're going to have released another card it's it's you can't chase the dragon baby here here's the other part of that that is the actual problem that i that i have because i'm with you on the techno lust part i have way too much equipment in this one basement for for any one human being it's so good though and you use it all you really do that dolly you need it i mean you haven't seen you haven't seen the closet though the stuff in there too (laughs) Uh, but the but the problem is the thing i needed to do 
the technology still hasn't gotten up to it, which is I want Adobe Premiere to stop crashing. I want. Right. Yeah. I, I How want much do I have to pay thing. Nvidia to make Adobe Premiere not crash? Yeah. And the thing though, which I think is a part of this equation too, where it, we have this, we have this like push to make hardware the thing to fix everything. Right. When there is still so many things that are unoptimized. No. And and, and, and not working in a proper way. The like HBO I remember Max Apple TV app. <laughs> Not being able to fast forward or rewind is an Apple TV hardware problem. <laughs> that is a hardware problem, but but it's also this interesting conversation, right? About how um, the the education of the consumer is very very different, and it needs to kind of flip. Where I saw this 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 cat who's a, a online on on Twitter, who's a PC builder, who I like. He makes these really great fancy machines. And his argument was newest CPU, newest GPU, fully rammed out all the crazy specs on everything. And he was like, bro, this is such a disappointment. I can't run Warzone at over 200 frames per second. (laughs) And I'm like, when you get to this layer of technology where you're like, I am trying to get to a level that is not able to be seen by the naked human eye. Right. Yeah. Yeah then we're in like this weird wacky space where again, we're pushing for the moon when we're like totally chill where we're at right now. Like you don't need to kind of doge this into the stars <laughs> on your GPU lust where it's just super yeah. wild. So, I think it's, I, it's basically the same thing we were talking about with the, uh, the God of War discussion where like, you're talking about a guy who's looking at a little number in the corner of the screen. And if it doesn't, doesn't hit 200, he's mad. Right. But mm that it's it's the perception of that number and it's the same kind of thing where it's like oh it it can work on a playstation 4 it must be garbage it must you know must not be using all of the oomph of this process like yeah but isn't the game gorgeous and fun and isn't it amazing on playstation 5 how it feels in the cool controller with the low load times and you're gonna dig that game i bet so i don't know i I mean, Kyle, I'm as guilty about this as anybody. I like looking at those little numbers and getting confirmation that I my money was well spent too. <laughs> but you know, also we got to have a little perspective. Well, no I, doubt. I think to your point, though, and I think this—I was talking to my father-in-law about this uh, maybe cu- cu- two weeks ago—and it's not stuck to gaming as this technology, mm. as the prices have come down. Don't get me wrong; they're still things are very expensive, but as they've come down, and that the you know quote unquote average person can own the 12-inch iPad Pro with the M1 chip with the micro-LED screen. Like, that is available to regular Janes and Joes. It's this weird world where you go in to buy something, and it's like you read the reviews, and it's like, oh, well, this this is, this is only a 7 out of 10. I want to get <laughs> the one that's 10 out of 10. Well, of course, it's, you don't color correct for a living. You do not right. need... <laughs> Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What are they? Yeah. What's the difference between the seven and the 10? I don't need to be Probably able to buy. nothing to you. Yes. Yeah. I don't need nothing to be able to, to buy you. the audio setup that Rob yeah. Crackle has at Naughty Dog, you know, but right. I can. And it's right. marketed to me. And so I well, think. Well, and the other thing, too, the other thing, too, is that my dad bought two televisions in his life before I moved away to college, right? right? We owned two different televisions <laughs> over the course of. The the twenty yeah, yeah. years it took me to move out of my house, and you stacked one on top of the other one when the other one died. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Because they know? were heavy. And like you bought something and it worked for a decade. Yes, you know? and now and it's, now we're like six months later. I'm like, it's garbage. You bought, yeah. you, you bought the iPhone XR. 
they make a 12 pro you know yeah and it's like well what does that one do dude it's you can don't you can can photo (laughs) edit and green screen at at real time it's like well i don't do that yeah but you could and don't buy a phone anywhere near september because the new one's coming it's like come on yeah right it's so weird it's so weird anyway so i got i I got a 3080 i got one and i love it did you get it um all right let me before i get to my story of the week um i need to thank our sponsor native you know sometimes life stinks sometimes it rains on your birthday sometimes the line for food wraps around the building sometimes it stinks but guess what native is here you don't have to stink just because life stink stinks that doesn't mean you don't have to stink that's because native's got your back native cares about the products that you put on your body native is all about stopping the stink the right way that is the native difference and you've probably already heard me talk about native's legendary aluminum free deodorant i've used it a bunch i love how it smells but have you tried their body wash their toothpaste or their brand new mineral based sunscreen yeah baby summer's coming up and now native has a broad spectrum spf 30 sunscreen for your face and your bod. It's lightweight, it absorbs quickly, and you can choose between unscented or coconut and pineapple. And Native's on a mission to overhaul your entire hygiene routine by putting the care in self-care with products that are carefully made to work against odor and are made with simple ingredients and smell great. And you can get their deodorant and body wash in amazing scents. Uh, The coconut and vanilla, they have citrus and herbal musk, lavender and rose, and others. And you can even build your own personalized product bundles. Mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation so you have something for every occasion. Stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedo.com slash DLC or use promo code DLC at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo, N-A-T-I-V-E-D-E-O.com slash DLC or promo code DLC at checkout for 20% off your first order. All right. Um, we got a lot to get to because I want to talk E3 predictions as well. But I, I did have a, a story of the week. We don't have to talk about it a super long time. But I do think it's interesting, especially apropos of all the things we've been talking about, that uh, Ratchet & Clank is going to have a day one patch. A lot of games do. Day one patch. Uh, this one for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which is coming out, boy, very soon now. I'm so excited. The day one patch evidently will now allow uh, a couple of performance modes. Uh, this has been a common refrain we've seen from PlayStation 5 games. They have uh, the modes where you can do 4K or you can go, uh, uh, you know, 4K with ray tracing or you can go um, high frame rates. You know, you get, to, you get to choose. I've enjoyed that with, Miles Morales and other games. Well, evidently Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart's day one patch will introduce performance and also performance ray tracing modes. So this is a 60 frame per second gameplay with ray trace enabled. So all three modes, they say, use a dynamic base resolution and then they go through this temporal injection process to achieve a 4K image. Uh, which is, I guess, similar to how Miles Morales on PS5 works. So you've got your your standard, uh, you know, 30 frames per second 
4K, all the bells and whistles. You've got your performance 60 frames per second mode. And then you've got this like, why not use the theme we've been talking about all, all episode? Your cake and eat it too mode, <laughs> where I guess you get 60 frames and still ray tracing. What voodoo is this, uh, Khalif? What's going on? Uh, per the embargo that I am under, mm. I will I will say that I may or may not have witnessed this RT mm. uh, uh, patch that we're talking about, and it may be pretty amazing uh, at some point when people are able to kind of check that thing out. Again, I think this is one of those things that. You know, when Herman Holst whispered in his ear, you can only do this on PlayStation 5. I believed him. He looked me directly in the eyes and then he smiled when he said it. <laughs> um, so, so, so I, you know, I, the thing I will say is it is amazing where we've landed in terms of technology for games where, remember when the conversation was like four, uh, 4K 60 native? Yeah. Which I still think is the the kind of baseline that I think a lot of people... <clears throat> are hoping every game hits right um and initially when we started to get into this generation there was that balance between do you want to have all the retracing bits on at 30 um or do you want to kind of remove that and just play at 60 and still have the kind of higher frame rate yeah we're we're now not even a year into the next generation and we're already seeing uh you know game devs getting all this extra juice out of these consoles in a way that we didn't have an expe expectation for yet which i think is going to be again like you shared earlier we have no clue what we're going to see in the next year yeah i it's think gonna we'll, be... <laughs> it's going to be wild because i think yeah. what happened i think what happened in this generation as opposed to the previous one is that it took a longer time for engines to catch up yeah, And now we're seeing exponential leaps when it comes to video game engines, which gives more developers the ability to, you know, add these bells and whistles to stuff that we just hadn't had a chance to see before. So I feel like in this gen, we're going to see a lot of that pretty that usually, usually usually comes towards the end of a console cycle much faster than we did uh, in previous generations and things like this, where you've been able to get, you know, basically 4K 60 with ray tracing on your console. Uh, and you didn't have to go buy a T uh, to go right. get that thing <laughs> to, to, to actually be a thing. Yeah. So it's it's cool. It's super cool. I'm I'm excited. I just want to know what do they have to shut off? Like I I thought ray tracing was the thing I had to shut off to get to 60 frames. Evidently no. So what's the thing they're shutting <laughs> off? What am I not getting? You know, hard drive okay. space. That's what native, it is. Native 4K is what you're not getting. You're not getting native. It sounds 4K. like it never had native 4K. Right. Yeah. Less. It less sounds like it, it said all three modes use dynamic base resolution. So even the other one the the non-performance mode is gonna not be in native 4k but in, like. yes insomniac is straight up murdering Wizards. their last few releases just absolutely <laughs> incredible games and they're knocking it out of the park and that this is their first foray into a ps5 exclusive also i have a five ray <laughs> nice job well, we'll, we'll leave it there anymore i just feel really bad for ray in general because everybody keeps drawing around him and no one asks him anything it's messed him. up ray, ray died a long ray. time ago we're just drawing chalk outlines around him my finish friend. the sketch stop tracing <laughs> <laughs> terrible <laughs> 
Did I just lose everybody? No. Did <laughs> no, 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 we just kill the show? The 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 joke. No, I just no. thought you were playing the bumpers. I haven't heard any of the bumpers, so I just assumed you jammed straight uh, into a bumper. I, <laughs> I thought you had another point to make, and then the show just ground to a halt, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess puns really do kill everything. All right. Um, no, you know what? Normally, this would be the part of the show where we talk about the games that we've been playing, but... Next week, next week already, you guys. It is wild. Is uh, E-Thrizzle, which I'm very excited about. So, you know, as per tradition, now that we're actually having an E3 again, you know, last year didn't even really happen. Yep. So we're back. It's not fully back. I'm not driving anywhere. Do you have appointments? Do Do you have appointments Uh, this year? I do, but it feels weird. Yeah. I'm not making as many appointments as I normally would where I would like go to the convention center and back to back to back. I feel like... I don't want to sit at my computer and like, I don't, it just seems weird. I don't, I don't know. What are you do? Are you making back to back to back like that? I have no appointments this year for E3. It is oh, the really? weirdest because like it, the conversations. And again, for folks at home who, who don't know the kind of behind the scenes of how E3 works is, is usually leading up to E3's week of everything kind of being announced. You know, you're, you're talking to PR, you're getting all these kind of appointments to go see things behind closed doors. You know, you're setting up appointments for all that kind of stuff. And because E3 has come back in this kind of really weird version of itself, pre- folks in the press are like, I don't know. It's <laughs> happening. We're yeah. going to go see stuff and we'll either just watch it online with everybody else or we'll potentially have a behind closed uh, uh, monitor meeting. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's happening, and I don't know who to talk to. I really just want someone to hold me and tell me it's going to be better. <laughs> I will hold I have you, no... Khalif. I, I love will hold you. you. I, I love you. hold you. I've been wanting to hold you for so long. I love you. It, it is really weird. Like, I, I registered for a, a press badge, and I was like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like, right? what's, the, what's the point of a press badge? It's open to everyone? It's super weird. But, yeah, I guess there's, like, there's like exclusive press times. Which is like, oh, the internet, the website just only works for me for a little while. That seems odd, but the, the funniest part about all of it was reading through the kind of like what you're supposed to do, and one of the lines was, "Yeah, all these all these companies have booths, but they may not be manned." And I was like, "So, so I'm, I'm going to E3 strip mall and just walking through and being like, yo, knocking on windows, like, yo, let me in and see if I can get in to see your game. Like, what is happening right now? I have no it's clue. a very also, strange thing. Can we say no that, clue. like, there's a little bit of beef uh, between Summer Games and E3? Like, well, let's. I love uh, E3. I love Keeley, but these tweets of like, no digital badge required, like." They've been taking shots, yeah. right? They've been taking yeah, shots. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're right. That's why I want to intro oh. it. So first up my, my is, isn't badge. E3. First up is the Summer of Games. So we got we to gotta intro that, you know, the way it deserves. It's the Summer of Games on DLC. You're going to get hyped up in the news. We'll live up to your expectations. Always, Christian, always with the kind of downer ending there. But, you know... <laughs> I'm not going to let it phase me. Uh, yes, we got competing uh, games extravaganzas in the summer months. Uh, oh. Keely is not backing down now that E3 is, is happening again. Uh, and as you mentioned, Christian, you know, kind of uh, throwing the gauntlet to E3 and saying, my, my festival is better than your festival. Uh, maybe that's a question I should start with. And I'll start with you, Christian. Which one are you more excited about? Are you excited about a, a returning E3, or did you like our Jeff Keeley future? 
I think this year I'm more excited about E3 only because I'm I hope it's great, but also everybody slows down at a car accident, even if it's in the other lane. You know, like as much as, I don't want it to be, but like like we've mentioned, it's like you know, swing by their virtual booth. What's a virtual booth? We don't know. Is anyone going to be there? Good question. What what do I do at this virtual booth? What was that? Oh no! Like it just feels it it it. I mean, it might be great. I've had a lot of fun going to flea markets in my life and you don't know <laughs> wow. what you're going to see till you get there and sometimes you find a mint sega uh 32x or sega cd and it's the best thing you've ever bought um i, I just don't know what it's going to be so i'm more excited for e3 because i hope it's great i also hope nintendo comes out swinging and they're technically e3 that being said all of keely's shows and this is not to imply that they were ever bad all of Keeley's shows have only gotten better and better and better. So I, you know, I think if I could only watch one, it would probably be Summer Games. Really? That said, I'm very excited for E3 because what th- this isn't their future, right? This isn't their path. I don't think they want to keep doing it this way. Whereas Keeley, I think this is kind of his medium, right? Like, yes, people will come in and we'll have like in-person stuff, but he's making these big, air quote, TV events. You he's know, got the exclusives. He loves those exclusives. He, lo- he shows them off very well. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm super curious what E3 is this year. Very very curious. So so Khalif, if if Keeley brings the exclusives, mm-hmm. wh- what are you expecting to see? Now he's he's teased not so subtly that he's going to be the one showing that sweet sweet Elden Ring. Uh, you think you're going to see Elden Ring from uh, Summer Games Fest? I mean, he's the one, he's the man who can do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's like uh, Jeff. Ke- so like, um, there's a, uh, if you're familiar with clubhouse, the, the, yeah. the app where you can go and talk to people who you don't know. And some people who you do know, uh, and, and have conversations that then get uh, pushed to TMZ and then you get in trouble. Um, there's a clubhouse room that happens every Tuesday with folks like Keely and Greenberg and other folks. And like the conversation in there is usually about like, so what's going to happen next, Jeff? Like what's coming up yeah. for the next thing, Jeff? Yeah. And of course he can't say anything because he doesn't want to blow, blow his, his surprise out. But like knowing who Jeff Keeley is at this point in the industry and knowing just how connected he is to so many different avenues of stuff, like he's bringing on Weezer and <laughs> yeah, Jeff Goldblum Weezer. to do something around video games for this random particular week that doesn't even talk about the stuff that he already has planned for game awards, which is wild. It's nuts to just know that you have folks that are that keyed in to all those different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, to be fair though, (laughs) Um, to be fair, um, there is a brotherhood of Jeff's no matter how you spell it. And, um, and it's it's less letting Jeff Goldblum in and more, if you ever have a Goldblum problem, they're hard to get out. Like once he gets in, <laughs> they're like flies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like tomato sauce and white carpet. It's hard to. Just I like get how out. you were bringing up the the brothers of the Jeffs, but you weren't including me in that. No, you were included. I just didn't get to you, and then you made a better uh, fly Jeff Goldblum joke than I did by just flat out saying it as I alluded around it. <laughs> yeah, so, any, you guys have any predictions for Summer Games Fest? I um, I think we're going to see Elden Ring. I think we're going to see gameplay of Elden Ring, not just a, not just a trailer. Uh, yeah. but uh, it won't be a lot. It'll be it, that game's still far away. But I think we'll see a little bit of some sort of in-game something. 
Yeah, I think at this point, you know, Elden has been talked about enough that it, it, it makes sense to kind of show it in a in a real way and, and at least start to get that train rolling. Uh, you know, hype train kind of going for that game, even though everyone is already ridiculously hyped for a thing that they haven't seen yet. Um, yeah, yeah. So, 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 yeah. Like, I feel like Elden's going to be a thing. I think we may probably see Starfield something. Well, I think that'll be bit. at E3. I don't think that's going to be some game. I was trying to separate it because now, we, well, now you're going to make me do. I don't know. I mean, again, me... think like think about who has the goods here, though. Like. E3 oh. doesn't know where you're supposed to go on the website. But Microsoft has their own press conference. <laughs> but Microsoft, yeah, credit? Microsoft Bethesda's press conference. There's no way they're letting Keeley have that. Which dad I, takes credit I, for Microsoft's I, press conference, right? That's the They'll both be like, look yeah. what we unveil, unveiled. Uh, well, now I got to You will have he, a thing, though, probably. You'll have the, like, starter probably on Microsoft's thing. And then, well, because which one happens first? Summer, summer, first. summer of Games Fest has, happens first, which is why I played the bumper first. Oh, yeah. I had a whole structure for this thing, and it's... So now i got to play this one. <laughs> it's every time I hear that, it's like a very small person in a well saying choo-choo. It makes <laughs> no, me no, so that's, happy. That's how we recorded it. We choo-choo. threw Christian down in a well. <laughs> And he and we're like, if you want to get out of the well, you got to say choo choo. And he's like, choo choo. I've been here the whole time. Please come get me. Just keep me in the basket. (laughs) (laughs) So okay, so we we can we can march through what what E three is going to be. At least the press conferences. You know, we don't have to do the super structured. We can bop around. But uh, so here's how it works: Uh, Summer Game Fest. Uh, happens first, June 10th. Uh, and then you have Coke Primetime, Coke Media, <laughs> Deep, Deep Silver. Oh and then you got uh, you got your E3 starting uh, with um, Ubisoft Forward on June 12th and Devolver Digital, and then Xbox and Bethesda on June 13th, Square Enix on June 13th, PC Game Show on June 13th, and then the Nintendo Direct on June 15th. Um, so those are the big sort of press conferencey things. Obviously, Sony may drop some sort of state of play in there. Probably not. They're probably going to be waiting uh, until after the dust settles on E3 to, to do something. But who knows? Um, so, you know, we don't have to do it chronologically. You, Khalif, already brought up uh, Xbox Bethesda. I think that's a really interesting one because now it's the first time that Bethesda, who used to have their own big press conference style event, uh, has been made a subsidiary of Microsoft. Um, so, you know, I think Starfield feels like it's going to have to be shown. Um, I, I I think that will be the cornerstone of the game. It may be the first thing they show, maybe the last thing they show, probably the last. Uh, and I think Halo has to be shown too. And my question to you, Khalif, is what has more pressure on it? Halo or Elden Ring? Halo, by far. Yeah, Halo, Halo by far. Like Elden Ring is a is smoke and mirrors until they show a thing. But Halo has Craig, and, <laughs> and yeah. everyone remembers Craig. Yeah, um, and it's again like the conversation of like even even though we know like you know what the two contenders are for each particular system's kind of mascot at this point, Kratos being for 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 PlayStation and Halo for for xbox 
Halo is still a, a weird kind of, you know, we don't know where it's going to land. And then they had a showing and it wasn't good at first. So now they have to come back with even more of a presence that would have kind of supplanted the thing that they did before and raise expectations at the same time. And I just yeah. don't know if they're going to get there yet. So uh, are you saying you don't think they're actually going to show anything? You think they're going to say something like, we're working real hard on it. Three, four, three is working real hard on it. We'll have more to show some other time or like, they'll show something. They'll, they'll they show have something? to show something. They got to show something. They you have think to that they do. Point. You think that they got to show something that is eye popping. And I think it's got, it's got to be some single player, right? Well, oh, the for sure. Too, is that they announced that open beta. Um, the, the, right. the roomies are that this thing's closer than they originally said when they said like it's just like a long time from now um it's a holiday from <laughs> a long time from now um so you know i if, if that game was close when everyone thought it was close and it hit that original console release date again game development is hard and changing things is hard and, and who knows and covid makes things exponentially harder but I, I i think i think infinite might come out really singing i i, I think it really might come out looking great mm. interesting I, I think they'll probably show battlefield 6 uh at the xbox show because there's nowhere else for it to be shown right yep um i want the thing that i would most want to see honestly is fable but i hmm. think we're not uh, rumor has it that fable is not going to be there perfect dark is not going to be there um people are saying that those games will not be shown even though we've already seen teasers of both um i don't know it seems like there's more potential for surprise at the xbox bethesda showcase than there has been in a lot of years obviously there's going to be a forza horizon 5 right we're going to see that right christian i sure hope so i i think my kind of like pitches are you know halo sings forza halo sings which is actually a karaoke game it's different it's a spin-off from <laughs> all right, it's a hard one you, yeah you just sing all the hits that one um the one we know and then uh, forza horizon and then wolfenstein like wolfenstein 3 yeah i, I should say yeah. sure i should say for the record my E3 predictions year after year are horrendous. I don't get it. I don't. I don't become Spider-Domus <laughs> until we well, do the future next year show. But I think Wolfenstein. I think that's the thing. Yeah, isn't Arcane supposed to be working on some vampire game? Like, yeah, I, they are. But so maybe we'll see some of that. Yet. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's this is the hardest. I mean, last year was easy. It was like there isn't one. Um, this is the hardest year, I think, for these, for all of these kind of predictions because it's just there are so many wild cards. And well, but that's great. I love that. I want I want to be completely surprised by you know if they're if they're going to do an hour long presentation, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff I probably haven't seen. I mean, maybe we'll get old school Microsoft press conference i mean the, the last two or three years it's been like back-to-back -back trailers yeah maybe we'll get old school where they come out and they talk about game pass and they talk about services more instead of it just like back-to-back-to-back -to -back games um but i you know but even if they do that there's still a lot of holes that they gotta fill in it and i'm sure there's a lot of cool indie games that they can showcase and uh stuff like that but i you know obsidian is obsidian going to show something they own obsidian now is there going to be i know avowed, they're working on think? yeah avowed i heard you know i heard somebody speculate that avowed uh, is not ready to be shown but there might be like outer wilds 2 uh or something like that 
Um, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, there's a, there's, this is what makes E3 exciting for me in any year is when it feels like there's a big potential to be surprised. And I love yeah. that. I want, that's what I want out of E3. I, lo- I want that moment where I'm like, oh, I had no idea that they were even making that. Or yeah. this is a completely new IP. It looks awesome. Those are the E3 moments I cherish. 2024, I had no idea. We were talking about games that far out from now. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what Starfield's going to be, bro. Yeah. Oh. You know, everybody's all excited to see Starfield. It ain't, it ain't coming in 2022. Not even close. Yeah, yeah. I, not even close. And there's also rumors of an another of, of ac- another acquisition. Like there's a lot of unknowns here, right? And I'm not trying to move away from Microsoft. This ties into Microsoft, I promise. Um, as Cliff mentioned, or I think it was uh, where uh, Battlefield is going to be shown. It's like where does that land and live now? And like where do these WB games land and live? Are they going to show more of them? They've kind of been pushed and not coming right now. But like they also said, like there's a back for blood thing but that's all we're showing so does that mean summer right. games or e3 they don't show updates on suicide squad or any of these other, it's like there are studios yeah. that have been out there working on stuff or respawn and star wars and there's where does that live you know like ea i think is there's some question marks there because they're working on some pretty cool not just their sports titles and i don't know where those make a splash well, they make a splash in July, at the end of July at EA Play Live, <laughs> July right, 22nd. Yeah. Right, which it seems it's... like it might be now, right? Yeah. 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 Um, <sighs> any other, I mean, Ubisoft, we kind of know everything. Far Cry 6, I'm sure, will be in, you know, featured. Um, Rainbow Six Beyond, Quarantine. Beyond Good and Evil, do we see it? I don't know. I mean, E3 is the place to show it if they're right. if it's anywhere close, but. Right. I think I think we'll get a, a, a beta or alpha or whatever it is launch for um oh gosh the name just flew out of my mind it's already in a limited alpha um tom clancy right. oh splinter uh, cell no come on the, <laughs> golly they all wear north face gear why can i think of this they're making oh the a uh, the, one. the 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 oh division yeah, division, yeah, division free to play game golly. what's it called division something <laughs> I, I like uh, how that was the connected piece of tissue <laughs> north face they wear north face um north face and ll bean i think that one. I think that might get like a download it now or like pre-register now i can oh, see yeah, that being a thing because the alpha or whatever it is the limit alpha, from what i've been told is, has gone well um and or yeah. I should say not what I've been told from what I've seen. It's not like they've called and been like, Christian, we want to let you know today went good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I hope we do get a chance to see that. Oh, gosh. What was the, the day after? Not the day after tomorrow. There was a game that felt like the division that was more open world that I kept seeing uh, that looked really, really pretty. It was super gorgeous. Is that Ubisoft game? No, it oh. was a uh, kind of third party um gosh i forgot it's mm. it ran out of my head anyway well I, the one game that i i think that has leaked that i uh, could not be more excited about is this marvel XCOM game that oh, yeah. uh, is supposedly pretty uh you know pretty it's a fear axis actually the people who make uh, XCOM. uh i you know i love XCOM. i love marvel it's a match made in heaven for me i can't even and supposedly it's got like voice cast from the from the cinematic universe um i mean that could be incredible so that you know that's a obviously 2k but man that that's one of those games where i could come away from e3 like ah that's 
my game of the show. That's my uh, jam. Yeah. So, so my, my jam. Um, yeah. I hope you get to play. I mean, again, this is commenting on a, a leak or in a rumor and it does seem this way, but I really hope it is. You are playing as superheroes and not like Wolverine is leading a team of grunts to go. I don't want that. Right. Like, no, I no, want- no, no. The way, the way that it, the, the best version of that is, you know, if you, if any of you guys play, XCOM, you know that it is you get attached to these these characters you're leveling up sometimes you can name them a lot of people like naming them after their friends or something so you get really attached to these characters and then you know in the middle of combat if they go down it feels like you've lost something because you've invested in these these characters imagine all of the things you bring to caring about characters when it's captain america and black widow and black panther and you know all, all the characters from mcu now, there's only one copy of them in your game, yeah. and do you want to put them on your team and risk that mission where they could go down, and now you mm. can't use them for the rest of your campaign? I think that's really compelling and cool. It's like, oh, no, Thor went down. I guess I'll bring the Hulk in next <laughs> mission. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, right? Does the game end on a cliffhanger, though? <laughs> yeah. yeah they'll be back in the next one i hope that is again i hope it's main characters and, and i do hope that kind of permadeath is there because I, I feel like that's such a hallmark of the franchise mm-hmm. um but i could also see rights negotiations not allowing that like well you can't have wolverine what do you mean wolverine died my first mission out like no <laughs> i hope they're not that restricted but also anyway, i name all my I'm characters jeff and then just let them die so it's it's a very <laughs> different you play the, the association of jeffs as, as your team I, I get it i get it um all right well uh if there's anything else you guys want to bring up as far as e3 productions i mean nintendo. i'm sure a lot of people will be listening oh yeah we gotta talk nintendo i think oh, yeah. I'll, I'll i'll swing right i'll i'll, I'll be yeah. dumb dumb and swing uh pro we're gonna see something from it or about it uh i disagree i don't think we will metroid we're gonna hear something about it even if it's just another we're so sorry um (laughs) we're so sorry it's just it's just samus like i'm sorry don't got anything to show you yep i think we'll hear something (laughs) i I, I should say these are less predictions and more dear god please let these happen (laughs) more more like uh, south park prayers um and then i think the other one that is maybe i don't know if it's a course correction for what they did before if they were always holding out for this i i really hope zelda gets some more 35th anniversary stuff it just felt like such a we're bringing back that game you guys didn't like that much but wait a few months from now we'll tell you you can buy fast travel for 25 dollars. <laughs> like oh i want more zelda stuff so i'm hopeful that we get that we get metroid and i want to hear something about that pro that apparently is in manufacturing right yeah yeah i mean i think it's coming out i just don't know if e3 is the place to for them to show it but maybe could be what do you think khalif any any nintendo predictions uh they will put out a game that was an old game and make you spend more money for it (laughs) (laughs) so you're telling me the metroid prime trilogy collection is coming out nice (laughs) excite bike 2021 hey i mean i'd cop that actually yeah (laughs) we all joke about one then we're like i'd buy that though that's yeah give me me pro wrestling i'm in (laughs) yeah i think it's gonna be very focused on splatoon you know it's like this is the game (laughs) you knew we were making and we're still making it and look look at it well that is what's interesting is that they did say like their tweet was featuring mostly games coming out this year and 
So yeah, I, yeah, maybe it is just Splatoon, and I was right last time. It's just more Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, I'm excited. It, it doesn't feel like the same when I'm not, as Khalif brought up, not making appointments and clearing my schedule and planning driving to, you know, the convention center and all all the stuff that didn't happen last year isn't happening this year. It feels almost like this old life that I've left behind, which is so strange. But nonetheless, we are going to have ourselves an E3 and a Summer Games Fest. You You heard the bumpers. I'm legally not allowed to play the bumpers unless it's happening <laughs> so we played the bumpers uh and we will be covering it to the best of our ability right here on dlc hopefully you'll hang with us and hear our thoughts as we cover it but uh let's talk about the games we're actually playing now i know it's uh, we're coming up to the end of the show but we still have games to talk about that we're actually playing now so let's check out the playlist Khalif, what is on your playlist this week? Oh, I'm playing a couple of things in my rotation. Uh, I've jumped back into Virtua Fighter Ultimate Showdown, which uh, came out a couple days ago, or at least they were letting people kind of play it. And it should be out now for folks who are jumping back into that to that older game. Um, you know, as a person who grew up in the arcade, Virtua Fighter was an actual thing that like made me spend lots of money back in the day and now they have a revamped version of it that is now out uh for folks to be able to play on console feels great looks great um people are still kicking my butt in the same way they were about 10 15 years ago which which is bringing me back for the nostalgia blast of (laughs) getting my tail kicked uh and not knowing the way things work um also playing knockout city which is brilliant uh it is my my new go to bed game Try to get a couple of rounds in. So good. It's so good, dude. That game, I know I've said it on the show a bunch of times already, but it bears repeating. I completely underestimated this game from, totally. from the word go. The first thing I, I saw of it, I was like, that's nah, not for me. Next. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now it's the game I think about most often. I'm, I'm like, I love it. It's so much fun. It is so much better than people want to give that game credit for. It, it, yeah. it is like one of those games that sneaks in and you're like, oh, really? I did not expect to be spending so much time with this game. Yeah. So that has been fun trying to level that up and get better. Uh, it's it's also interesting to just see how many folks have gotten uber competitive around that game, which I think, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Uh, because games like that, you always kind of worry that they're not going to get people to play it enough that you build up that good community around it. But it feels like they've landed in a pretty good spot about that. Um, and lastly, Aerial Knights Never Yield. Uh, I've been playing uh, on my Xbox, which is a kind of uh, side-scrolling runner uh, made by um, a gentleman out of Detroit, Ariel yeah, Knight. One uh, guy, right? Name. He made the whole game. Right? One Indeed. guy. I remember yeah. seeing because um, so I, I've I've been in contact with him over the past like probably six seven years. Wow, or five of the six years. Uh, and remembering when he first started this game, seeing him talk about it at um a Blackson gaming event at GDC a couple of years ago and seeing him, you know, fight through it as an indie dev and try to figure out ways to get his game made. Um, and now seeing it come out and being so good, That's um, great. it makes That's me so really cool. happy because, you know, you don't get a chance to see, you know, people kind of go through the entire process of prototyping to making their game be a real thing. And to see him now kind of get the spoils of, of all that hard work is, 
it really does kind of bring back that good vibe of it's like man if you have a dream about making a thing you can if you can do it you can try to make it happen yeah, yeah. um and it's I been love great that he, i love that he put his name above the title oh this is so great i think more a, people need to do that it's, it's, it's the so dopest great thing on the planet because yeah. and, I, and i love it because it again it's like you have to set yourself apart yeah in a in a way that like really gets you out there in that way um and it's a brilliant game it's something i think everybody should definitely go check out and play for sure it's a short a short game it's not very long it's like 13 levels but each one is fun and the soundtrack to this game is so good is it like, is it kind of a mix between an endless runner and a rhythm game or are you are you playing to the beat of the music or no not to the beat no oh, okay. but but it is an endless runner in 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 that way but the soundtrack is super good it's all hip-hop music um cool. and it really fits the mode of of, of the space so it, it really works well yeah I, I definitely been meaning to check this one out aerial knights never yield uh christian it sounded like you were interested in it too did you have you had a chance to check it out i haven't played the final game but i played um the demo and some of the other you know kind of demo releases that came out the last one i played was when it was part of the steam game fest um Mm -hmm. and it it is one of those games where i think you put on headphones you get lost in it play through the bulk of it in a sitting and then keep thinking about it you know you kind of get into that at least with the demo i really got into that flow state when things started to hit and it felt really really nice because of that that soundtrack and it's just you know i don't want to say oh it's like an endless runner all the other runners because there's that momentum and um, musical aspect to it that i find i found myself just kind of getting lost in it it's uh it's really fun very cool again that's aerial knights never quit Oh, never and, yield. Uh, sorry, I'm oh, sorry. I, never I, yield. I yeah, you wrote it. You, <laughs> I botched it. No, that fault. was my me botching again. Uh, Aerial Knights never yield. And what are you playing it on? Is it is it on? It's on console, right? It's on console. I've been playing yeah. it on the Xbox. Yep. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Christian Spicer, what is on your playlist? Um, nothing I can talk about right now. The bulk of my time. Um, but. As I am also in an Airbnb on the beach, I have dived into xCloud again. And I'm like, I want to try this not in my house. This place has fast internet. So it's not like, let me try on the beach. Like when I went and played, um, <laughs> when, when I played, I think it was Vader Immortal, like on literally on the beach on my quest. This is not that. It's not like, well, how does xCloud work on LTE? This is, hey, I'm not in my actual house. Let me bring my... Um, uh, my backbone with me and, and play. And because of Andrew, was it last week talking about Forza Horizon 4 again? You know, I went back into Forza Horizon 4. And <laughs> I have not played that game in too long. And so I got to see the change of the season. Uh, it's still technically spring in Forza Horizon. So it, it, the way they do the, everything about that game, and man, I hope Forza Horizon 5, you know, one, we get to see it, and two, carries over. I, I love the seasonal stuff. Um, but to see that change and like the world, you know, and then as it changes, it evolves. Anyway, so I'm playing Forza Horizon 4 on xCloud and then also Halo Combat Evolved, part of the Master Chief Collection, also on xCloud. And as I'm here in this this uh, vacation place, this Airbnb that has very fast internet, I have found, and I've also been playing some Outriders, but I don't need to talk about that because uh, I have nothing new to say. I like that game, but I'm playing that on GeForce Now. xCloud to me... I love as a service and I love the way they position it as a value add, right? It is not the reason you subscribe to Game Pass, um, but it's something that they provide and not all the games are there, but blah, 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 blah. It is the most inconsistent for me of, of these services as I've played with them over the year. Asterix to Luna, which I canceled my subscription for just because there weren't enough games there that interested me. Um, 
But as I real world tested Stadia and played it all over the place, GeForce Now played it all over the place, and now as I'm putting xCloud through its paces more, when it works, it works so well. You know, I'm playing Halo and, and don't feel any issues or problems. And then at the same place, same internet, no one else hogging the bandwidth, you know, I, I will I will blow an easy turn in Forza because of latency or lack. I don't know, like something oh, really? on server right. and stuff. And it's really odd. I can't diagnose when it happens or why I'm not getting spotty connections. But there are times in the, both those games where clearly something wasn't, you know, one-to-one or whatever that the, what was happening on the back end. But when it sings, it's it's absolutely beautiful. So it's frustrating because I like the way they're like, well, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And I'm kind of like, kudos to you. Like the way they talked about when the Xbox series was announced, so they talked about no console exclusives. Like I like their messaging, but as someone who loves this cloud gaming future, I wish it worked a little better because <laughs> 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 um, it's just, it's so close. It's so close. Yeah. And then totally unrelated, yeah. as I'm getting, clearly I'm excited for E3, right? As I'm playing Forza, which I hope there's a new one, and Halo, which we know there's a new one. Um, and I know Combat Evolved was made by Bungie. Uh, so I, I know they're different developers. You don't need to yell at me on the internet. I'm aware of that. It's such <laughs> a good game. Combat. The, it's such a good game. The first Halo, and maybe it's just nostalgia. It's When you hit those open environments, it's still so fun to play in those sandbox fights. Um, it's worth yeah. replaying if you haven't. And, and go check out those old graphics too, because wow, wow, <laughs> were they simplistic. It's like, this looks pretty. Let me see what this one's looked like. This is just a brown room. <laughs> That's all it was. It's this brown yeah, room. Yeah. But the gameplay, the gameplay sings. The grenades, grunts, brutes, the way, you know, the different classes of enemies and the waves they'd come at you and then you get flanked by a harder. It's a really good game. Still one of the best video game memories of my life is uh, finishing Combat Evolved on Legendary on split screen in the same room with my friend. Uh, it's, it's, it's of a time in my life when that was possible. And, <laughs> and it, it, was a, it felt like such a huge accomplishment, like the, the tactics that we had to use to just yes. keep yeah. one of us alive in, in certain situ- situations just so you could, you could uh, resurrect the next one and, and keep going. It was, man. Good times, good times that game, and that doesn't even count all the like land party stuff. But uh, and now yeah. imagine, I mean, again, it's it's like the asterisk, like it's like, and Microsoft says it. While I love being in room, the idea though that like my friends and I, none of us need to have an Xbox console or download the game, and we could be having that experience again yeah. for like twenty five of the minutes of the fifty, like about half the time I played for this hour. Uh, as I was going back into Halo, it was great, and I could like, oh, I could have fought. We could be, I could be doing that. That is, that still blows me away. The idea that I could be playing on my phone or my iPad, talking with friends, having a co-op Halo experience, strictly in the cloud, is still wild to me. Absolutely wild. Well, on my playlist uh, is uh, the the new notable game is uh, Blood Bowl 3. I was invited by the folks at Cyanide Studios to take a look at the uh, early access uh, version of Blood Bowl 3, which is a fantasy-themed turn-based strategy game of football, which is a bunch of stuff that doesn't seem to go together, but <laughs> it does. 
Uh, Blood Bowl actually is based on a tabletop game that used to be, I think used to be a Warhammer themed uh, series, but I never really played any either of the previous Blood Bowl games on uh, PC. But Blood Bowl 3, uh, they invited me, so I, I wanted to check it out. I really dig the, the tabletop version. And it's such a cool such a cool idea to break down the movement of a football game into turn into like individual, you know, I guess XCOM or any kind of other strategy game, uh, individual character turns and how that's accomplished is, is pretty clever. Works really well. It doesn't feel exactly like football because it's fantasy themed and there's lots of wacky stuff. You get weird stats from, you know, the weather and uh, the the coin flip and stuff like that. But uh, this new version of Blood Bowl has way more teams. I think they went up to 12 from eight in the previous game. And they're all, you know, wacky. They're orcs and elves and uh, crazy stuff. And you have kind of insane uh, abilities and and characteristics based on the species that you're playing as. Um, The bummer thing about this game, it is in early access, right? The game is slated to release in February of 2022. So there's still quite a little, quite a bit of a runway to when it comes out, but it's a huge bummer that they've put it in early access and they have not yet finished the tutorial, <laughs> which seems <laughs> like it should have been early in the roadmap on that game because it's a pretty complex bit of systems that you're trying to grok as you play this game. It's you know turn based. You got cards and stats of of these characters and their various moves and how things influence and you can buy things that influence the game and you don't even realize that you need at the beginning but it's like oh there's certain guy there's certain characters on your team that don't work well in warm weather and it got warm and you could have bought a thing that changed that anyway there's systems and uh the fact that the tutorial isn't going to be released in the game for quite some time or not i don't know i don't even know when but it isn't isn't there yet in the early access version makes it hard for me to recommend it to anybody that hasn't played this game before. I think it's, it's fun when you kind of get it, but it takes some doing and it's, and that process isn't particularly smooth, but again, it's going to be right. They're going to make a tutorial that'll teach you how to play the game. They're also evidently going to make like a, a, a story campaign, which will be fun, which is not in the game yet. So, you know, as an early access game, kind of hard to recommend blood bowl three, but the bones are really cool. The, you know, the idea of it, it looks good. Uh, it's UE4, looks slick. The, the arenas are cool and fantasy themed and they have a lot of, you know, crazy barbarians and orcs and stuff <laughs> in, the, in the crowd shouting for you and stuff. So there's a lot of fun to be had and the game is fun when you figure it out, but you got to figure it out, which is kind of a, a bummer. And I'm sure there's online resources you can use, but uh, I just kind of bat, beat my head against the wall until I figured out how to play it. <laughs> Would you recommend uh, the previous game, having played a bit of two? I guess I don't know. I never played two, so I I, mm. I, I guess going back, maybe that game. I would assume that game has a tutorial. Maybe I should have just bought <laughs> two to learn how to play three. I don't know. Uh, that's an interesting idea. Uh, but anyway, Blood Bowl three. Uh, I'll play more of it as it as it progresses along its journey toward full release. But um, for now, unless you already know how to play it, it's kind of kind of a hard recommend. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Khalif Adams, it's always awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. 
love you boys i'm happy that i can be rocking with you both uh and excited to see how we're all gonna lose our minds in a in a, in a week yeah we'll be, yeah, we'll be in be our fun. dms like did you see that thing oh that thing wasn't <laughs> even the thing that i thought it was gonna be yeah it'd be so yeah. cool how yeah. wrong we were in this episode i'm sure we'll be, uh-huh. what we say uh tell folks where they can keep up with you and the incredible number of things that you are up to on a, any given week Oh my goodness. Uh, you can catch us live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash spawn on me. Uh, we do our live show every Wednesday evening around 6 p.m. PST. That that show usually goes out on Fridays uh, to all the podcast networks. Uh, and then usually on Mondays of that following week is when you see the video version on our YouTube channel, YouTube, youtube.com slash spawn on me. We have some Good shows coming up. Of course, E3 stuff, Summer Game stuff is going to be in the mix in, in all of that. Uh, and probably and hopefully in a couple of weeks, fingers crossed, we'll have Tim Schaefer on the show rocking awesome. with us, That'll hanging out, talking about Psychonauts 2. So. That's another thing we didn't bring up that'll probably be a big part of the conference, right? Microsoft owning uh, Double Fine now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then hopefully we'll have right after that, we'll have, uh, you know, NVIDIA's boss on our on our on our show as well to talk about how they got all those T's in them 3080s to see how we got it all <laughs> to work. Nice. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out the show. Uh, subscribe when you can. Uh, we're looking to get much bigger this year. We have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe, hopefully towards the end of the year. Uh, and yeah, you'll hear me talk about games and, and about how bad Paris Lily cooks uh, on the show. <laughs> at some point. Really? Come Maybe. for the games, stay for the in, in, incredible war on cooking that these two have been waging. <laughs> the culinary insults will be flying for Indeed. sure. Uh, Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Paris and Cleve's cooking battle because I am entering into a pay-per-view cooking battle with both of the Paul brothers. Um, <laughs> it's, it's going to be intense. We're both gonna we're all going to be cooking things that we don't do for a living, um, and we're going to be charging you a lot to watch it. And actually, both the Paul brothers are going up against Bobby Flay, so um, Bobby will be cashing a fat check and just not caring but otherwise it's going to be very compelling so you can look for that on we um is where you can sign up <laughs> you should mention it's not those paul brothers it's just a couple of oh yeah paul sorry yeah i don't know had. yes 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 just uh <laughs> my friends uh jordan yeah. and uh james paul who want to get in on oh, that'd be so funny dude uh be so- did i ever tell you the story <laughs> when i first moved down here to la <clears throat> that um <laughs> that uh, I was doing comedy sketch stuff with this this group, and uh, one of the guys was like this real go getter type, and he threw a party. He was working for one of the agencies in LA, and he threw a party, and he called the party Luke and Owen Wilson presents, and then the name <laughs> of the party. But he but he spelled to avoid getting sued because they had nothing to do with it. Yeah, uh, to avoid getting sued, he he spelled Wilson. S E N or whatever they don't spell it like he, sp- <laughs> he spelled it like that, and uh, and so he sent out invitations to like he had access because he was working at this agency he had access to like all these email addresses, so he sent uh, invites to like everybody in Hollywood. Luke and Owen Wilson present you know this party. Uh, it was a complete sham. It was hilarious. <laughs> so wait, you gotta, <laughs> that's the idea. Did, did anyone come to the party? Oh yeah, it was huge. They had like a they had a, a bouncer at the door, and people had to be on a list, and wow. people would people would go up. To, to the bouncer and say i'm friends with luke and owen even though there were no luke and owens associated with this thing in any way uh it was very very funny that is very funny uh uh yeah this week uh well i should say this because 
thank you again for everybody that backed the comic. I had some people uh, message me after last week's show. So the digital edition, you either got an email from me or if you back just a digital comic or the deluxe or standard, it was a message on Kickstarter. It's not in your activity feed. Go into your messages. If you can't find it still, reach out to me and let me know. But that is where it is. And you can find it there. Um, that's for the comic consequences. And other stuff, uh, Twitter, at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. And again, usually, apologies for this week, usually I live stream this show, 7.15 p.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And then I just sent out a newsletter last week um, about accomplishments and achievements in gaming and how, kind of how I view that and what I look for in that stuff. And you can subscribe to that newsletter. It's called Let's Chat Games at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. You can also email us here at this show anytime for any reason. We love hearing from you at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. I also have several other shows for you to check out. I've got a movie and TV review show called the Slash Filmcast. You can find that at SlashFilmcast.com. This week we're talking about Wrath of Man, which is a uh, Jason Statham movie. I also do a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. It's called We Have Concerns. You can find that at WeHaveConcerns.com. And I do the Dungeon Run, which is my live play Dungeons & Dragons show. Uh, pretty fun uh, episode last week as the team leveled to 10 and got a bunch of new fancy abilities. Really, really fun episode. Check that out. Uh, you can find the the Dungeon Run on YouTube. You can find it as an audio podcast, or you can watch live Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. Pacific time at uh, twitch.tv slash the Dungeon Run. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Yes. If you want to sit in your room and be really depressed for about an hour with some change and you're thinking about all the things that happened during the pandemic, a wonderful thing you should go watch is Bo Burnham's Inside, a brilliant Netflix special yes. that is super heartfelt. And I, I, it it is one of those pieces where you really do have to kind of sit back and reflect about not only what has happened in this year during the pandemic, but how we connect with other folks in our lives and how we think about ourselves as a person or persons on this big, great big spinning rock flying through space. It is one of those things that I think about a lot more of late. Um, and I think that this show um, definitely gave me lots of things to think about. Um, while also being poignant and funny and and sad uh, and, and lets you kind of run the gamut of emotions while watching it. Uh, beautifully shot uh, by one by one person while he was in lockdown. Um, and it's I think it's going to be a, a piece of art that people will be talking about for a long time to come, for sure. I agree. It's one of those things when, you, when you're a creator and you complain that you got to do it all by yourself. It's like you watch that and you go, oh, I, I guess I can't complain anymore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so, my creative. My, I was like, oh, man, like <laughs> I, I have nothing to say, but yeah. uh, I just have to 
take more time and work harder <laughs> and, and, and do that uh, part really quick. And I'll sneak it in one. It isn't the camera that's holding me back. <laughs> nope, not even that at all. And I'll, I'll sneak in one more quick parting gift. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about basketball, I forgot to talk about mm. it during the, during the part. I have a podcast uh, that I do every Friday as well that goes out on Friday called Corner Three with myself, uh, John. Uh, John Warren and uh, Nikki Grayson over in the Fanbyte Network. So you want to hear us talk about basketball, uh, especially during the playoffs. Uh, we have lots of things to talk about in that space. So come check that out. It's called Corner 3. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also didn't mention that I do a show about football uh, and Khalif has been on it. We do yes. the fan controlled uh, football official podcast whose name changes every single week based on fans uh, <laughs> fans voting. But it's at twitch.tv slash FCF on, on Thursdays yep. at three o'clock. Um, yeah, Khalif has been on and had a great time. It was awesome. Brilliant. Okay. Christian Spicer, what is your parting gift? Oh, yeah, I also forgot to mention that I sports the podcast, um, and it's really good, too. So. <laughs> Only thing that's left is hockey, Christian. Sorry. Hockey. It, uh, it's about Tennis season is here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of. Roland Garros. Speaking of. Tennis is fascinating this year, man. Woo. Speaking of. Fascinating. Kudos and bravo. Mental health is serious, and it it blows my mind the way that some of these organizations treat the athletes that sustain them. I, this is not the sports, my sports podcast, so I won't dive in fully, but you brought up tennis. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll leave that there. Um, my parting gift is as we're coming out of lockdown, I'm going to make recommend a homemade bread to make um, homemade croissants. <laughs> if you have not made homemade croissants uh, or been a part of someone else making homemade croissants, it's worth the time to do it once. And in my opinion, uh, once only because uh, it takes a, <laughs> it takes a very long time. And croissants aren't that expensive. It's kind of like a donut. Make one at home once, and a, or a bagel. I, Do you know how many times you have to cook a bagel? It's a lot of times. I know how to make a croissant. You 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 take the package and then you twist <laughs> it, it and it pops right. Or the tra- I know how to make a croissant. The, That's easy. The chocolate Trader Joe's ones. You set it out of the freezer a day before, and then you bake them. Yeah, um, <laughs> a homemade croissant or to be a part of this is an incredible experience. There is so much butter in a croissant, my friends. Yeah. That Ever since this moment, and I ever I see someone adding butter to a croissant, I just want to go punch them. <laughs> Do you have any idea what you're doing? Um, making making it delicious, sir? <laughs> yeah, but it is incredible, and I think it gives you an appreciation of like, yes, they're cheap enough and you can buy them, but like, what goes into all these little things? So if you have the time, you have a long weekend, it's summer, you're looking for something to do with the kiddos, it, it will fill a day. And it will fill a day. Make sure you have the counter space for it. It will not be worth the time to ever do again. But that one time, it will be amazing. All right. Making mm-hmm. croissant. Butterflies. Uh, I have a uh, another television recommendation, especially for parents. But honestly, for anybody, uh, it is a show called Bluey that is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is also available other places. But season two has just debuted on Disney+. Plus. And I think Bluey is not just the best kids show I, I've ever seen. It's my, it's my favorite kids show ever. But also, I think it's just a genuinely great show for anybody. It's, it's really about imaginative play. It is a cartoon. The episodes, yes, are seven to eight minutes long. Uh, it is ostensibly made for kids, but it's really not. It's not talking down to its audience. It, it doesn't feel... It, it is a show I enjoy as much or more than my kids. So if you have kids, definitely watch Bluey on Disney+. Plus. Even if you don't have kids, you might want to check it out. It's, it's really, it is about parenting. It's about uh, imaginative play. 
It's about make believe and and parents just doing fun make believe with their kids. Uh, it it is beautiful. It's heartfelt. It's made me cry several times. Gorgeous, wonderful music, beautiful art. Bluey, it's a gem, a gem of a show, and season two equally great. Um, we also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from Graham McKay. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, Graham it, it describes uh, themselves as a Scot in Bavaria. So I definitely could have mispronounced the name <laughs> based on that <laughs> description. Uh, Graham writes, uh, watch the final cut of Apocalypse Now. I watched the Redux and uh, when I was in uni, which uh, I believe is school, uh, university, and wasn't into it, disregarded the, films, d- disregarded the film completely. It wasn't until recently when I rewatched it, this time going with the final cut, a perfect Goldilocks version, more than the, uh, the theatrical release, but cutting off the fat from the Redux. It's a perfect film that ruins every other film for you, uh, from the Charlie Don't Surf to Are You an Assassin? Watch it. So that is a that is for the final cut of Apocalypse Now. It's a classic. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Graham, for uh, that suggestion, that parting gift. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love getting them. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Khalif Adams and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks in our chat room. Actually, we're not live there's no folks in our chat room. Uh, yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing. No, it's my fault. It is 100% no my fault. Room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. That's, no, no, I'm that's fine. No. Thanks to the folks in Venice Beach for Christian's uh, <laughs> uh thanks, to, uh thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those great bumpers, including Sean Madigan's uh, awesome E3 and Summer Games bumpers. Uh, thank you, Sean. And thanks to all of you who download the show and listen to it. We appreciate you. And we will be back next week talking E3, I guess. Uh, so it's happening already. Until then, <laughs> think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. <laughs>